0: It was just a fun time. I also got to flex my motion design skill sets. There's just so much opportunity on the small team to be creative in different disciplines and to really grow as a designer. And it was it was an incredible, incredible first job at the company.
1: Welcome to the What Is UX podcast, the show where we interview design leaders about their journey and experience so that you may learn from them. I'm your host Peck Pongpat. Welcome, Michaela Mucha, creative advertising manager at the Walt Disney Studios, designer and art director, and self professed matcha drinker.
0: Yes. <laughs> Welcome to the show.
1: <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your role at Walt Disney Studios. What does that look like? Yeah.
0: So, I, like you mentioned, I'm the creative advertising manager on the team. So, I work a lot on creative print. So anything that's static that advertises a movie that comes out of Disney is what I work on. So I'm assigned to theatrical Pixar, Walt Disney Animation Studios titles, and then on the Disney Plus streaming side, assigned to Disney Plus originals that are not Lucasfilm or Marvel. So (laughs) you don't have to remember that, but it's, it's really exciting. So again, everything that we work on ranges from that do not move. So there's an AV team over here. I'm on the static print team. So that includes the movie posters, the logos. If it's going to theaters, it includes the standees and banners. If it's going to streaming, then it includes the, we call it the um, display suite. And that's everything that you see up on. If you go to disneyplus.com, you'll see things like the home screen hero tile. R. my team works to develop those suites for Disney Plus. So it's yeah. it's been very exciting. I've been on the team for a little bit, a little over two years now. So it's been it's been a really great opportunity to work with incredible minds, really talented marketers. These, I get to be in meetings with filmmakers here and there and just to hear about them, about the movie that they've directed or produced or created. It's always so inspiring. So definitely have learned a lot while being on this team. And it's been a really great growth opportunity. And very, very I feel very, very lucky for sure.
1: A, a couple of things. Thank you for that uh, brief introduction. A couple of things come to mind right away. The standees, do people, your friends ever ask for some or like, do you ever get to have any? And
0: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the standees are pretty big. <laughs> so I, I mean, if anything, I think um, like in terms of feasible materials that my team creates that I try to get my hands on or the first thing that comes to mind is the Stargirl book cover. And if you go to Barnes & Noble and it might be at Target too, you'll see the Stargirl book cover that we created from our end. So Stargirl is based off of a novel and there was a Disney Plus adaptation and we got to work on a couple of posters for that. But the fun part was that we got to work on the book cover as well. So whenever I'm at Barnes & Noble, I always try to look for the book and see if I can see our work on a book because that's always been a big dream of mine to help creative book cover. So it's out there. So if you see it, let me know.
1: (laughs) Very cool. I understand that this is a, uh, your team is a woman-led team?
0: Yeah, absolutely. We are. It's, It's a really great team. So there's actually a lot of different teams within the creative print department over here. There's a team that manages the Marvel Lucasfilm titles. There's a team that manages the 20th Century Studios titles. And then there's my team, who's led by an incredible VP who is incredibly talented. She's honestly my biggest inspiration and she leads my team. We work on the Pixar theatrical release, Walt Disney Animation Studios theatrical release titles, and just seeing her lead in this space, and I would say a male-dominated space, it's honestly so inspiring. And I, I speak about her a lot because she's like I said, definitely my big, biggest inspiration.
1: How and why did you get started in design?
0: Oh, that is it. I love that question. That is a great question. Uh, let's see. So I actually started back in middle school. I was on this online community and I was seeing different designers create e-cards and wallpapers. And I had always wanted to sort of be a part of that. And so I started creating my own graphics. I actually started using Picnic. I don't know if you remember Picnic. It's this online sort of like Photoshop type of platform. I don't think it's online anymore. I think they might've shut it down, but I started using Picnic to design e-cards and I started to sort of figure out that this is so much fun. And so I was like, okay, this is great, but I kind of want to teach myself Photoshop. And so I ended up teaching myself Photoshop and I would create e-cards on the daily. I would post it to this um, online community, just super excited to see what everyone thought about my e-cards and they ended up actually placing within the top ten of that online community. Oh wow! And that's sort of when I figured out, hey, I, I want to be a designer. This is really great. Except back then, I think I was in high school at the time. I didn't really know what graphic design was, or that there was actual there was actually a field that you can um, go into creating and designing. I just sort of saw it as. Photoshopping. <laughs> and so when I heard of the term graphic design, I got so excited. I think someone uh, from SCAD had ended up coming to my school to talk about the university and the college and their programs. And that's when I sort of figured out, wow, I can really be a graphic designer. I could really find a career in this. And so I didn't end up going to SCAD, although I do look at their grad programs um, from time to time to see if there's potential for me to maybe get my master's over there at some point, but I did end up majoring in graphic design in undergrad. And, and honestly, it was the best choice I've ever made because now I get to be creative in my day to day. And I very feel very lucky to do that. Um, I think as a creative growing up, at least this is what I've heard from my parents. <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of sort of heard the same thing. It's hard to find a career in being a creative, but as a designer, it's definitely feasible. There's so much opportunities for design for people in many fields. You could be working with any company. Like I just saw Goldman Sachs uh, job posting for a designer. You could work anywhere as a designer. You could do freelance. You can do um, working at an agency. So there's the opportunities are truly endless. So I highly recommend anyone and everyone who's interested in a field or in a career and being a creative to just go for it it doesn't even have to be a designer you could be an art director or um, an illustrator there's just so much opportunity out there so highly recommend for everyone to just go for it
1: yeah the the creative field is is one it's a real profession you know i think Mm -hmm. you know both of us coming from asian backgrounds maybe our our parents may may not have understood (laughs) it's like oh what what is this you know can you make a living they might worry Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, part of why I'm doing this is also kind of to showcase people like yourself and to kind of be be examples, right? And hey, there there's a career to be made here. It's not just like pretty pictures or you know, illustrations like you, you know, big companies, like you said, Goldman Sachs, Disney, they all mm-hmm. need this type of work, you know, not us being in the software design, like everything has a software component these days, right? I live in software every day of my oh, yeah. work day. Yeah. Everything (laughs) has to be designed. You know, somebody Mm -hmm. had to design
0: this and uh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's just all sorts of design disciplines from graphic design to UI, UX, like product design, like the opportunities, honestly, they really are endless. And um, I actually came in as a computer science major. That's what my parents wanted me to be. They wanted me to be a computer science major or engineering. And I actually, I went in as that major and I ended up swapping my major to graphic design without letting them know, because I was too scared to let them know. But I think um, now they know that that was definitely, well, at the time, I'm not sure if they were confident in my decision. But I think at this point, they're, they're happy that I made that choice for myself, and that I sort of took that risk. Because I think being a computer science major, not really learning much about design, Um, in college, I don't think I would be where I am right now. I think that the classes that I took as a graphic design major definitely helped me to build my portfolio, to build my skill sets. We even had a resume design class, (laughs) or at least a lesson. So definitely um, don't regret that decision at all. Yeah. Uh, When I was in
1: college, or even before college and deciding on my major, I mean, I didn't even know that this was a a pathway. And I, I just you know, the usual Asian stuff, right? Like doctor, lawyer, engineer. And I I, I didn't want to be a doctor and and lawyer. I'm
0: with you. I'm with you. And
1: so I was a computer science, computer engineering major, and I did Mm -hmm. that. And it it wasn't until, you know, I discovered design later in the career, you know, as Mm -hmm. I coded stuff, I also had to design some of the stuff. And I was like,
0: you know, Mm -hmm. this is more
1: fun and I enjoy this more. And actually, frankly, I'm better at it. Mm -hmm. So that's how I found design.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that journey. It's always so interesting when people go from some sort of computer science or engineering to design because they have sort of like that sort of unique eye to design, at least when it comes to UI, UX or product design. So that's really cool. I didn't know that about you. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: I wanted to ask you, you know, I, I think... There's, there's good and bad design, but, you know, kind of within the realm of the work you do, which is like movie posters, stand-ins and ba- banners, right? Like if I were to just attempt at it, I'm sure what the output you would see it would be like, okay, this is kind of like, eh, if not downright bad, can you <laughs> give us some tips on like, what are the things you think about when designing, you know, basically your work, what, what makes a good standee, what makes a good banner, like what what are you trying to achieve?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think I could speak to like designing like a poster. If you're creating a movie poster, the big thing is that the logo needs to read. If the logo is on it, the call to action needs to read. It needs to immediately communicate what you want to market in the movie. It needs to be a good, what we call it um it needs to read well. (laughs) So if it's not, if what you're trying to communicate is not the first read, then it's not quite being successful. And so let me see if I can give you an example. Let's say uh, the, let's talk about the turning red poster. I don't know if you've seen the Turning Red Caesar poster, but it's the upcoming Disney Pixar film coming out in March of next year. And for this poster, you'll notice that it's this big red panda. And on her neck, there is this name tag that shows this girl and her name is Malin, I believe. And so when you look at it, The first read is definitely the panda, but the second read is the name tag, which is very important. The name tag alludes to the fact that this panda is not just some ordinary panda. It's this panda that was transformed into a panda, but was originally a girl named Maylin. And you could sort of get that read by looking at the name tag and seeing her, her face on the name tag. And so there's just a lot of different elements. What I like to do when we're developing um, posters, I like to sort of um, look away for a couple of the days and then go back to it to see what's the first read, what's the second read, what does this post or communicate to me when I'm looking at it and then again making sure that the logo the call to action any other important detail is um, legible as well that's that's very important too
1: is there any sort of testing outside yourself or like are people also involved when you say read you know even the text stuff and the words and the call to yeah. action? like uh, do you also engage people who write or is that kind of in your purview
0: Absolutely. I think for, let's say, the Disney Plus call to action, we definitely at times route that through our Disney Plus team to take a look at to ensure the um, Disney Plus sizing looks good that the CTA wording is consistent with what they want to communicate, stuff like that. We also have our strategy team. It's a very big collaboration process. So there's different teams sort of coming in to give details here and there to make the poster um, as perfect as it can be, picture perfect. So we'll say like the strategy team says, okay, we want this for the CTA. And then the legal team will come in and say, okay, this is the rating. The rating needs to be I don't know, 5% bigger and make sure it reads. There's definitely different teams that sort of come to us with different feedback so that the poster is perfect when it debuts.
1: Got it. How many rounds of this does it typically go through and how many do you have to have multiple versions to kind of test and...
0: Yeah, oh gosh, this, uh, I would say for a poster, it honestly depends on timing. I think for bigger titles, it takes about maybe a year. Oh, wow. (laughs) A year to produce a poster from um, sort of thinking about the initial ideas to delivery and debut, I'd say maybe a year. But there are some titles where that sort of pop up. All of a sudden, we're like, oh, we have to create a poster for this movie or this series coming out in three months. So then that process is sort of expedited and we sort of squeeze it in. Again, that's sort of like the thing with time is relative. Like we just we make it work regardless of how much time we have. If we have a year, we spread that out a year, a year's time span. But if we have three months, we'll do it in two two months. So it definitely depends on when the movie is coming out, when the series is coming out and when we need that poster.
1: Okay, great. Talk to us about your career. How'd you get your first design job? You know, tell us about that. And how'd you end up at Disney?
0: Sure. I love this question. So I started out, I think my first design job was a design internship with Aramark. Yes, a food and beverage company. And this started out when I... I think I was a sophomore. It was my first semester of my sophomore year. And I saw this incredible opportunity up on, there's this thing called the daily update email. And that's where they send out a lot of different updates for campus activities, organizations, dining events. And they had posted this graphic design internship opportunity up there to work with the HPU dining company aka earmark and so i was like okay this is gonna be my first internship i have to apply i have to go for it and so i ended up applying and interviewing and i remember being so nervous for that interview i was oh my gosh i was shaking but i ended up landing that inner landing that job and i was their intern throughout i think the rest of my time in undergrad all the way through to being a senior. So that was my first design gig. And I think it definitely helped me to sort of design in a professional setting. I was working from their office, sometimes working from my um, dorm room if needed. But most of the time I was working in this professional office setting and I was producing a lot of different creative for them, for Starbucks, Chick-fil-A, and a lot of the different dining um, locations on campus. And it was a lot of different graphics. I remember I would sit down for like an hour time and produce about six to seven different graphics. And it definitely helped me to sort of learn how to design quick, um, but also keep the quality there and ensure that it was intact (laughs) with the final deliverables. And so after that design internship, I think that sort of opened doors for me because that gave me a lot of work to add to my portfolio. I started getting a lot of different on-campus jobs. And I say on-campus jobs, but I mean, not sort of like the job that pays you, but sort of like, um, projects. So I ended up designing a couple of posters and graphics for different organizations on campus because they would see my work up on the um, daily update email, which I created through Airmark, And I would create geo filters on campus and a lot of different things, really. It was, I think, for any designer or creative looking to get some real work experience to just sort of start with campus and start asking professors if they need assistance with designing graphics for any organizations there may be advisors for, or maybe getting in contact with the admissions department to see if you could help them with creating university-branded materials. But definitely all all of that design work, I definitely added it to my portfolio, and that sort of gave me some really great work or real work experience to add up there. And that led me to my first role at Disney. <laughs> so I actually applied for this role, not thinking actually I didn't even apply for the role. I applied for a different internship with the company, a different segment, but I, so I interviewed for that role and I didn't get it, but I kept a really great, strong relationship with the recruiter. And so. She, and she also really loved our conversation. So she told me, Hey, so you didn't get this internship, but I'd love to pass you off to other recruiters so you could potentially land other internships. And so I said, okay, yeah, all in. I want to do that. And so I ended up interviewing for a graphic design internship with food and beverage in Orlando, as well as another graphic design internship with the internal communications team at Disneyland. And so I ended up landing both internships. I was very excited. It was a very hard decision to make because, I mean, there are two different <laughs> locations, like yeah. one's in Florida, the other's in California. It's, it was a very hard decision to make But I ended up going with the one in Orlando because my heart was sort of bringing me there because my conversation and interview with that team went amazingly. I had a really great interview with that team and I felt like I really clicked with them. So I, I took a chance and I went down there and I loved, loved, loved that internship. It was an incredible opportunity to sort of, work within the company for the first time. I got to go to the parks free of charge, which is a really (laughs) fun perk for people who work with the company over there. And it was with the food and beverage team. And I already had food and beverage experience working at Aramark. So I I sort of knew what I wanted to bring to the team over there. And I learned a lot. I learned a lot from food photography to web design, graphic design, of course. I even recorded this Let's say there is this event that they have an internal event that they have with the food and beverage team every year, and I got to design the sort of the brand for that event. So I got to design some exper- experiential graphics, as well as some banners. And the fun part was that I also got to do a video edit for this event that was shown to everyone at the end of the event. And I interviewed a lot of the different chefs, and then I took all of that video, all of those video materials, and edited it in Premiere Pro and it was just a fun time. I also got to flex my motion design skill sets. There's just so much opportunity on the small team to be creative in different disciplines and to really grow as a designer. And it was, it was an incredible, incredible first job at the company. And that led me to another internship at Disney, but with the corporate team in Burbank. So I had to take that role. I was super excited because, again, I'd al- always wanted to live in California. And so when that opportunity popped up, I had to take it. And I love that role as well. I got to work with a lot of different internal teams within the Walt Disney Company umbrella. Since it is a very big company, there's different segments within the company. There's Marvel, Lucasfilm, ABC, National Geographic. So working on that internal team, we were working on a lot of internal communications work, working with a lot of of those different partners from each of those different segments. And since it is a global company, we were also working with different partners across the world so we're working with partners in shanghai working on the shanghai disneyland materials working with pixar in, um oh gosh emeryville (laughs) in california uh, working with the marvel office in new york so it was great to be able to work with different people across the company across the globe and produce different materials tailored to each brand and tailored to each region as well. So really great opportunity. And that led me to my current team. And I think having those past internship experiences with the company definitely helped me to land my role because they were definitely looking for someone with past experience in entertainment. And having that definitely, I think, put me above other candidates. So anyone interested in getting into any company, I think Internships are definitely the best way to get in, especially since those sort of roll over a lot more often, because interns are usually there for an X amount of time. It's a temporary role. And so they're always looking for interns. Every semester, they're always looking for interns. So interning, try interning at your favorite company, like your dream company to work at, because that will definitely be the best way to get in.
1: Right. But also to, to your point, you started interning at school in, in a, a field that did become useful to you, kind of like the newsletter stuff, the food stuff at Airmark, all led you to have experience and advantage over other candidates who were, you know, like competing for, like you are such a fit and like for the internal communications. And the food and Bev at Disney made made a lot of sense. It doesn't surprise me. So even if you like, I think the moral is if I, even if you can't get your dream company, what does the dream company do? Right. Like, and maybe Mm -hmm. kind of get internships around that industry.
0: Absolutely, because people want
1: to see experience in that industry.
0: Absolutely, that that is a really great point. I think, let's say you want to get into Spotify, I see a lot of interns or um, not interns specifically, but a lot of um, recent grads or people in undergrad sort of posting on LinkedIn, their uh, resume designed to the Spotify uh, UI platform, like the platform and the UI design of that platform. And I think that usually catches a recruiter's eye. So definitely you don't you don't need um, to have intern experience within that company in particular, but if you can find some way to um, have experience or gain experience in that field. So if you wanna get, let's say you wanna get into Glossier, you wanna work as their designer. Maybe start with a startup beauty brand. That's amazing. That's definitely a really great way to sort of get that beauty experience and really shine for those Glossier recruiters. Let's say you wanna get into a music label. I think starting out with the radio station, your local radio station. That's an incredible way to get that music experience. That will again, really shine for that Spotify or um, sorry, music label recruiter. So definitely, it doesn't have to be intern experience with that specific company. If you can just sort of figure out a way to get experience in that sort of field that your company is a part of, or even if you're not able to sort of land an actual role, I think passion projects are a really big thing. So let's say you want to work at Chick-fil-A as their social media designer, social designer, digital designer, whatever. If you go on Chick-fil-A, you look at their Instagram, maybe you... You do a passion project where you create like a, their grid, you design their grid on Instagram and you have this really fun idea and you post it on your portfolio and then you share it on LinkedIn, share it on Behance. I find that a lot of recruiters are really drawn to a lot of those sort of passion projects where you sort of take the lead. And although you're not quite working for that company yet, (laughs) you, you're creating work that could inspire them to want to maybe look into sort of recruiting you for freelance or full-time roles. So I think just starting with creating, that is the first step. Starting with designing will definitely help you to land anything (laughs) in terms of a job.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It uh, reminds me of, you know, a a story from my own experience of When the apple watch first came out you know me having an agency we i and i was very curious well one i thought it was a great device interesting device but you know in in terms of being able to have apps on the apple watch it immediately made me curious on oh how how would apps work so we did some design explorations of how like a starbucks app could work on the apple watch and we created some concepts animated it as a clickable Mm. prototype Mm-hmm. And put it on Dribble, and it immediately got you know since it was just recently out and it's very new. We were one of the first people to think about what the UX of an Apple Watch app could be, and it got wow. a lot of attention. We didn't yeah. get to work with Starbucks or or Apple, but it turned it did give us an opportunity because there was a, a retail brand that wanted to do an Apple Watch, and they looked around like oh we couldn't find anybody with Apple Watch experience. I was like, well, you're not because it's only been out a couple of weeks. <laughs> but we were the first people to right. think about it and uh mm-hmm. and that, you know, being first, first to market that way and just putting it out
0: there. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I mm-hmm. love that. I think just putting your work out there is really... Even if it, yeah, dribble, that's a really great platform for putting your work out there to get other people in the in the field or in the professional setting to see your work. But just like hearing your story really reminded me of this. Have you heard of Dispo by Chance? It's uh, this Tom, app. Disco? Disco? Dispo yeah.
1: Dispo? Dispo
0: now. No, it's this app. It's sort of like Instagram, but it's a little bit different. I don't really I don't have the app, but from what I know, it's a little bit different in it in how you take a photo and it goes automatically to it goes automatically to post. So you're not able to like edit your photo you oh, can't wow. add filters. So it kind of helps you to sort of live in the moment and sort of takes the pressure off making sure your photo is as good as possible, because, you know, when it comes to posting on Instagram, you got to like add a filter. You have to right. edit it like so much pressure, so, so much pressure. And so this takes that pressure off. And it was this really exciting up-and-coming app created by the social media influencer who's also a YouTuber. His name is David Dobrik. And this TikToker, some guy on TikTok decided to sort of rebrand Dispo. It actually wasn't called Dispo back then. I think it was just called Disposable. But this TikToker had this incredible idea. I don't think he had many uh, followers on TikTok at the time, but he had this idea for the brand and he wanted to get involved in the brand. He wanted to be hired by David. And so he sort of shot his, shooted his shot or shot his shot. shot. (laughs) And he posted a TikTok giving him all like just showing all the ideas he had. And then at the end of it, he said, also, David drop the disposable, just call it dispo. And so David actually saw the TikTok, it blew up on TikTok. And he actually, I think he started working with him. And so you never know, just put yeah. your work up there, either on TikTok, Dribbble, Behance. honestly, I recommend LinkedIn. And I know that's not something other... It's I don't know if it's the same for you as a designers, but I don't really see designers post their work up on LinkedIn, but when I do, I'm always like interacting with it because I think that's the best place to put your work out there because you're usually at least this is how I use LinkedIn sort of connecting with people who I potentially would maybe want to work with in the future. Um, to also just to get to know them too and see their thoughts they post up on their feed. But if you're doing that same thing and you're posting work up for them to see, I mean, that sort of helps you to get noticed. That's how I actually discovered this incredible vector designer, vector art designer, who just for fun, he designs these um, Marvel and Lucasfilm posters. He designed it for Dr. Strange. She's designed a couple posters for Pixar. And this is just, out of his own, of course, just for fun. And the fact that he's posting it up on LinkedIn, on his Instagram, I mean, he was um, just seeing that work up there. He was, he's definitely getting noticed by different entertainment studios across across the field. And I think he's even gotten to work with like Nickelodeon and maybe even Paramount just by putting his work up on there and just sort of shooting his shot. It's a little bit scary, though. I totally get it. I, it's hard <laughs> just putting yourself out there, but you never know. You never know what might come of it. So. Right.
1: And that's how you get found. And I, I agree with, with LinkedIn, it's very underutilized and actually in what little mentorship sessions I do, I recommend designers to put, put their work, you know, if you're going to do a Dribble shot, you might as well also post it to your LinkedIn as well um, mm-hmm. because, you know, at, on Dribble you're kind of in a sea of other designers and so it's hard to get noticed, but you know, in in a feed of mostly like maybe quotes or work or news to see that design pop up, I think is is easier to get noticed as well.
0: Absolutely. You're sort of like the the outlier in a sense and right. that's what helps you to sort of stand out I mean I think everyone should start posting their work up on on LinkedIn now but maybe not everyone because I guess they'll will sort of become the norm and it won't be, <laughs> it won't be special anymore but right. definitely LinkedIn's a really great platform I think designers should surely like use it more and leverage it more to find new clients or to find new new projects new work just it's a really great platform
1: yeah well, you, you filled this up with so many tips. This was a really, really useful session for, for our listeners. So thank you so much, Michaela. Do you have any good yeah. resources that you kind of go back to or recommend designers?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Let's see resources. I think, uh, I think in terms of finding new clients or new work, I think working, not working is a really exciting new resource. I think working it's a new Working, not website. working? Working, not working working.working.com. It's an incredible website. It's sort of like, what was that other website where you can find Upwork? upwork. It's sort of like Upwork, but (laughs) reverse. Because (laughs) instead of you actively searching for work, you are on Working.Working. You're posting your work up on this platform. You're sort of filling out this profile. You are showing your previous work experience, putting your best of your the best projects that you've ever worked up on there. And then you sort of just sit back and relax and say that you're available. And then people start to reach out different recruiters different. I I mean, I was reached out to by a CEO of a company. So different people across the board Who are interested in your work will reach out to you i think it's a really great platform for anyone working for freelance or looking for freelance opportunities or even full-time roles that's a really good one for creatives linkedin like we were talking about i think it should definitely be utilized more by designers um just posting your work up there will help you get noticed across the board by many different people you never know when your work might go viral up on linkedin social media is a really great platform as well for creatives to sort of expand their network outside of LinkedIn. So like Instagram, TikTok, I know a lot of designers up on TikTok who post their work in progress videos up on there. And I get inspired by those. And I know that they get a lot of different freelance clients, different clients um, that want to work with them just by posting their work up there. Uh, Yeah, I think that's, <laughs> I'm a I'm a very big um, big fan of the social media's and yeah. the and the websites, the platforms um, for finding roles or freelance projects. I think as designers, we're always craving a new project, an exciting new project. And so, when we're using this, these different platforms that are sort of geared to help you find the best project or an exciting new project, I always get so excited to see those. And it sounds like there's a lot more of those different platforms coming up. I know there's a new website called, I think it's called creatively or something about being creative um, that is also up and coming and I'm not involved in it yet, but I'm sure in the future, I'll definitely be making an account just to find new, exciting projects to work on just to continue designing outside of work. I think (laughs) it's so funny with only. Full-time designers who are in a full-time role. Everyone that I know that is in that sort of um, position, they're also freelancing on the side. And that I think that goes to show how exciting the world of design is. It's not really, I mean, it, there are some that see it as sort of just a job, a nine to five, but I feel like the majority, if not a little like half of the people, they sort of see it as a passion and as in calling and that. They can't get enough of it. Outside of their five to nine, they're always designing in some sort of capacity, whether it's for freelance or just something for fun, like design challenges. I see those all the time, all the time on my Instagram. Yeah. So
1: design challenges are a great way to also get noticed because uh, you know lots of companies are always having it all the time, so you can kind of piggyback on on their name and and uh, mm-hmm. if they notice you. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. And then the freelancing, I agree. I I mean, they're doing even, you know, before I started my own agency, I always was designing on the side, whether it was for startups or my own passion projects, because I wanted Mm -hmm. to have an idea exist, you know, and bring it to life.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Those are the, I think those are the most fun projects when you're sort of the boss of the project. So those passion projects are always so exciting because you get to dictate how the, Final product works or how yeah. it looks, the final deliverables. I know my favorite project of all time is my, the one that I spearheaded. It's my um, Boba, my Boba project. I created this brand for this make believe Boba company, which ended up actually. Being a real life company, I worked with these incredible two sisters out in Perth, Australia to bring their Boba brand to life. So they ended up using my my final design as a part of their final look. So if you ever make yourself your way over to Perth, Australia, you'll definitely see the brand that I designed out over there. So hopefully I'll, I'll make my way over there one day and see that brand. Oh, but- awesome. Yeah, oh, yeah, cool. absolutely. It was it was a really fun project. Also, I'm a big fan of boba, of course matcha, but I think but boba, boba as is... well,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> definitely. So that yeah. that was an exciting project for me.
1: Thank thank you for again all all the tips and, and feedback and ideas on on how to get more visible and get noticed and, and land your dream job. This was a very wonderful interview, Michaela. Thank you so much oh, for your time. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you for having me, Pack. This was so much fun. Honestly, such an honor. So thank you for thinking of me. This this was a blast for me. Honestly. Awesome. Thank you so much.
1: Oh, you're very welcome. And one final question in terms of yeah. what interests you, what what would you want to listen and hear about and you know, what would you want to learn about say on an interview?
0: Oh my gosh, there's, I think in terms of design, what I would want to hear about is, so what I, I think my favorite question is, that you asked me was, how did I get into design? I think that's my favorite question to hear when you're interviewing other designers in different podcasts. I always look for that question because it's everyone's sort of upbringing and design is so different. It's so different. It's also so fascinating to hear. So hearing more of people's journey to where they're at, starting out, sort of like their starting out path. that's, That's definitely my my go-to that I look for, that I'd love to hear more about because, I mean, you look at these successful designers, these senior designers, creative directors, and you forget that they started out like where early career peeps are. You know, everyone starts out at some place and that sort of hum, human humanizes them, just hearing their story and how they started out in design. So hearing more of that definitely helps younger creatives i think it helps younger creatives to sort of see themselves in their shoes just sort of thinking oh hey they they started out like me not knowing photoshop not knowing illustrator not knowing Figma. so just hearing those starting paths i think are very important to hear and to learn more about
1: yeah yeah (laughs) that's why i love asking those Uh, you know the first interview Mm -hmm. we did with this podcast was the creator designer of adobe xd and you know, that's oh, a pretty wow. big position and responsibility, but yeah, you know, mm-hmm. he his early start, if you listen to the podcast, it's like, oh, you know, he started doing graphic design, CD covers, you know, kind of like that, those oh, things. yeah. And then, you know, YouTube's first designer, she actually mm-hmm. studied Russian in oh. college. So it wasn't even design. So oh, you know, people gosh. come from very different paths and it's, you know, you, you can still end up you know, it's not like their path was clearly laid out for them.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. that. I love that. I mean, I think anyone listening to that story of the first YouTube designer, maybe, and I'm sure anyone who's maybe not designing in college right now or not a college graduate in design, I think they'll definitely get inspired by that because obviously that designer is very successful. They've, Help build this incredible global brand that YouTube is, and just knowing that they didn't major in design—that's that's inspiring. Yeah. There's yeah. no there's no right time to start learning how to be a designer. Really, no yeah. no right time. You could start in middle school, or you could start <laughs> after graduating. Yeah, that's why there's these. Yeah. I was a late graduates. bloomer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's yeah. never too late. It's never too late to find a career in design, and that's the beauty of it. That's why it's. I think it's the best the best career <laughs> very biased <laughs> very biased for sure but it's never too late so
1: that's that's yeah. really good what point. a great way to end oh well, thank you again michaela it's been yeah. a pleasure
0: this was so much fun well, thank you Peck.
1: thank you for joining us on this episode of what is ux if you like this episode be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform If you leave us a review, I'll make sure to shout it out on the show. If you have any questions, send them to questions at whatisux.co and our guest and I will try to answer them on the show. And you can always find us on whatisux.co. See you on the next one.